Hey everybody, this is Chad. Uh, just want to let you know, special guest on the episode today. Uh, Cy had some stuff going on. We have uh, one of my favorites, Joe Zimmerman. He has two albums, Innocence and Smiling at Wolves. He's the host of the podcast Blind Spot, and his Instagram is at Joe Zimmerman. Don't forget, uh, I have a couple dates coming up. Cleveland, January 8th and 9th at Hilarities. That's the only thing I'm doing uh, in January and February. And then I'll be at Acme Comedy Company uh, the first weekend in March. Uh, again, I'm going to be filming uh, the next special. So hope you guys can make it to any of those. I know I will be back on the road sometime. We're just still kind of dealing with uh, cleaning up uh, the aftermath of all this pandemic stuff. I hope everybody's staying safe. And man, I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining us. Across from me is not, I repeat, not. Cyrus Amundsen this week. I have a good friend of mine, and uh, we have been for uh, several years after we went to a comedy festival together. We were at the same festival, and my son was there. And you may know the story from Dad Chaniel's, the last story about the, uh, the great American comedy festival that was in Johnny Carson's hometown, where my son Isaac dominated some other comics. And I tell a story about going to this lady's house at the end of the festival with my friends Joe and Phil. Well, it is Joe from the story, ladies and gentlemen. It's Joe Zimmerman. Hello, hello. I'm excited to be here. I was thrilled to sit, hear my hear my first name and the closer of the amazing special Dad Chaniels. Well, that that's nice of you to say. Um, that's already you're being nicer than Sai, which is fantastic. Thank you. If I would have said anything <laughs> like that, if I would have said anything like that to him, he would have just been like, "Ugh, another shameless plug, you whore." But that was very nice of you. Um, so, so I met you at the Great American Comedy Festival. We met, and my son Isaac was there. And I don't know if you remember this, but you know, we went to. Um, I think it was the YMCA, but it was at least a workout place uh, with Phil Hanley, you, Isaac, and myself. And we did this plank challenge. And even though, you know, the people that listen to this show know me as cookies and cream tits because I can't stop getting chubbier. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to be able to hold a plank for quite a while. But you are a Division One collegiate golfer and have the core of a superhuman person, and you just like, the rest of us were off getting drinks at the drinking fountain, and you were still holding your plank, and that's, can you still do that? The plank is one of my um, secret specialties. It doesn't really, you, you look <laughs> at me, you look at me and you see a sleepy, you know, man who looks like maybe uh, the manager of a rare bookstore, and... <laughs> But if you get me in a plank contest, it's a combination of will and pride. I can just hold that plank until everybody else falls down. Yeah, I don't know what your dad said to you when you were little to give you that kind of will, but it is impressive as hell. I when it, it only for some reason the will only works for the plank because it's mindless. Anything if it comes to like I have to write an an essay, I can I can hold writing an essay for 5 minutes. I can basically hold writing for as long as I can hold a plank. 
<laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> and also, I love that I love that uh, Cy gives you a hard time for plugging things because he goes on morning radio and morning TV about more than Kevin Hart. Yeah, that is he. <laughs> <laughs> He's constantly hustling. That dude, yeah, Cy has so many connections in the entertainment world, whether it's just like normal or sports or whatever. But he can be, if he has something to promote, he can be on those shows nonstop because he's just, I hate saying this out loud, but he's so goddamn likable. Mm. We also went to a hibachi grill when we were at, uh, and this was in the middle of Nebraska. So I had what can only be described as explosive diarrhea three seconds after I took my first bite of fried rice. <laughs> it was not great, but I just remember going, can you guys watch my son and make sure he doesn't burn himself? And then I tin manned into the bathroom because I was so scared to move my legs and separate any parts of my asshole. It, it got squirrely, but it was a very, very, very fun, uh, fun festival. So, and then um, we listened to your album, Smiling at Wolves, Isaac and I, all the way back from Nebraska. We got so into the album because it's so freaking funny that um, we ended up almost running out of gas. <laughs> we, we, we had to coast into the gas station because we were sitting there laughing and pausing, your, pausing the recording and talking about your bits and everything. It was a really fun moment with Isaac to have that car time. You know, any parent knows if you are trapped in your car with your child, that is an opportunity to just ask questions and unlock things. And having your album there, having that like, he was so, he was so amazed that he had met, he just hung out with the person that was also on like speaking on this album. And the fact that I knew you, even though I just met you was like, it was a pass for being a dad, a cool dad. It was really fantastic. That's amazing. I love that. Um, I love that he thought it was cool to listen to me. And meanwhile, he's in the car with you, who has like four albums out. Well, I'll tell you this, and I, I think I've said this on the podcast before because we've talked about you. But my son was on Twitter, and he goes, "Dad, come down here," because I think it was maybe a month or something after the festival. Your Comedy Central presents your half hour special on comedy central came out which is a really big deal for comedians when you get that it, it really was like checking it off the list and he goes come down here and he goes does this look like a good tweet and it said my friend joe zimmerman this is for my son my friend at joe zimmerman i can't remember your exact what is your handle on twitter yeah that's it at joe zimmerman. okay my, my friend at joe zimmerman has a comedy central special airing tonight you have to watch i can't believe i know someone with a comedy central special and i was like i was like uh hey man i'm right here but the thing is i've kept my my professional life away from my kids just because i ne i just always just wanted to be dad i didn't care about like hey i gotta we should watch this i never had him watch i never had him listen just because I didn't want to, uh, I mean, the one time I, my daughter came home, threw her phone on the couch, and she goes, why didn't you tell me you have a blue check mark on Instagram? <laughs> I mean, she was just, because, and I told her, I go, because it doesn't matter. It, none of that shit matters. And she goes, Dad, let me show you who else does. And it was like Justin Bieber and Britney Spears, like all these people that are just out in the atmosphere of fame. 
Yeah. And she just thought, blue check, you're right next to him holding hands. I mean, it was, and she listened to me that whole day. <laughs> I go, I used it as, I was like, hey, I need you to go clean your room, take the garbage out, empty the dishwasher. She goes, okay, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Just excited <laughs> for one day. Yeah, the blue check mark is uh, anybody under about 13 is blown away by the blue check mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're blown away. They think they're ready to get your autograph. And then, it's, uh, yeah, it's so ridiculous. And then people over 15 sometimes think, just assume you think you're a huge deal because you have a blue check mark. <laughs> They're like, oh, you think you're you think you're all that, huh? And the, the truth about the blue check mark is that it adds zero value to anything. <laughs> yes, exactly. The the only thing it lets you do is not add music to your stories. <laughs> yes. Because because they don't want they don't want to have to pay uh, a royalty for you to use whatever song you wanted to use. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And I get and I get sort of they look like spam emails about twice a day asking, "Will you post vitamin posts for us for $13,000 per post? We <laughs> we promise we won't steal your money." <laughs> I always get I always get messages like uh, "Dick, your look nice," and it's oh. like I don't even I can't possibly imagine all my shots are from the tits up because yeah. I'm embarrassed. But um, well, listen, I've done a lot of talking just because I'm kind of uh, I'm fan I'm I'm fanboying a little bit about having you on when when Sai uh, called me and he said uh, not going to work out this week. You're the immediately I said oh my because we you and I just played poker we played uh poker with a bunch of uh, very funny people you started a poker game with a bunch of comedians and uh and i had so much fun and i just really miss chatting with you and i you know i appreciate a dry kind of sense monotone sense of humor and that, and and i it's my favorite kind and you make me laugh so freaking hard so i talked about already the smiling at wolves album you also have an album innocence so anyone listening, check out both of those. Absolutely worth it. And I'm sorry that I'm fluffing your nuts so hard here, but um, you were. You were my first thought because I knew you'd have fantastic stories, and I'm excited to get into them. Well, thank you. Uh, speaking of the dry voice, um, I had a few requests from my podcast come in to do a soothing uh, reading on YouTube for people to fall asleep to. <laughs> And so I posted, I posted a soothing reading. I posted a soothing reading of this book, uh, The uh, Miraculous Miracle of Edward Tulane. And it has taken off. My, people are falling asleep left and right to my YouTube video. It has like 45,000 views, way more than any stand-up video I've posted on YouTube. I'm not even kidding. That's I'm so great. And, I've, and, and then like shortly after that, Pandora messaged me that they had added me to their calm comedians, their relaxing comedians, and their sleep comedy station. <laughs> is, there, is there a better compliment in in comedy than i've been falling asleep to your stand-up for years it's people have told me that like more than 20 times it's it's i've heard it too and it's just it, it always is so over the top aggressive where it's like i i've had insomnia for over 15 years i've seen the world's best specialists i even went in and saw 
a, a filming of House on Fox, <laughs> the doctor that could cure everything, and he couldn't even figure it out. But by God, your comedy has done it. <laughs> it's just the craziest thing in the world. They, yeah, they really hit you with. They really hit you with how how hard it's been and how much you've helped. You know, I listened to to go to sleep once. I listened to uh, an app. I think it's called Calm, but it was Matthew McConaughey was telling a story. But there's no end in the story, and it doesn't even make sense. It's just like uh, the sky was blue, and then it was purple. But was it purple? I think it was blue. And there's just no rhyme or reason to anything that's going on. And it's just him trying to navigate a thought. And it's so depressing. I was sleeping in about two minutes. That's beautiful. He figured. Yeah, it was really great. They figured out. Let's get Matthew McConaughey um, talking off the cuff. (laughs) 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 Let's just see what his brain says without a script. Yeah, his reading is just a human. It's just a, a verbal roundabout that you cannot get out of. It's just nonstop going around. Like, is it this turn? Is it this turn? Is it this turn? Is it this? Well, listen, I, I, like I said, I've been talking too much. We are the worst at introducing stories here. I like to use a morning radio voice mm-hmm. to get you into it because we're not good at just transitioning. We're not naturals. So I like to go morning radio voice. So uh, so, so here we go. Uh, everybody, this is uh, thanks for coming back on Drive Time in the Morning. This is Moose. You know, it's Moose in the Morning. You know the call. Time to wake up. Rise and shine, everybody. Hey, we got Joe Zimmerman in studio. And uh, Joe, I, you know, I know you're doing a lot of Zoom shows now. And I heard you did one uh, in the <laughs> Netherlands. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us that story? Oh well, Moose. I'm so happy you you asked. I'm so happy you asked about my roast of three uh, Scandinavian bosses. I'm amazed that you heard about it, Moose. Isn't it isn't it crazy that I just kind of came up with that and you do have a story? It's wild. <laughs> um, so, uh, so. <laughs> That's the best morning show intro I've ever received. Thank you. <laughs> it's the worst, the um, dumbest thing ever. So yeah, the uh, the pandemic has been so strange. I thought I thought I was going to be completely out of work for for a year and a half, and um, sure. to my shock, uh, in December, uh, seventeen holiday corporate gigs rolled in, just in December. Holy shit! Now now for people. Corporate gig, I mean, you're talking about you're doing a Zoom show basically where a company is the audience. It's not open to the public. It is a specific company that's doing it only. So Right. And it's it's so specific. I did a big one for, you know, 100 people at Microsoft. And then I did a, a, and then I did one for 20 nannies from care.com. So it's quite it's quite a range. I'd say it's a little different, yeah. Um, and it's just I mean I I've maybe done five corporate gigs a year before this, and then I just did seventeen, like in two. It was nuts. And one of them that rolled in, I was just was these three uh, was this company, this tech human resources tech company in the Netherlands reached out uh, through an agency, and the agent was like, hey. Can you roast these three bosses? They want oh, you. Oh, fantastic! They want you to roast them, and I and I kind of thought it was hilarious because I've never told a roast joke in my life, and they wanted to pay me to yeah. roast them. 
So I almost said yes just because I thought it was so ridiculous I was getting paid to do something that I didn't know how to do. Yeah, you don't you don't have that roast attitude. So so I emailed some friends who do roast and they sent me a questionnaire to send them. So I sent these three uh, uh Netherland bosses this really long questionnaire and they filled they each filled out this questionnaire with like 40 answers about their personal life and then they sent a bunch of embarrassing photos and i <laughs> grinded i grinded for a week on these roast jokes chad i i grinded so hard and it's like 15 minutes of new material that you'll never use again exactly and uh boy i and 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 then i asked them i had to meet with them before and i asked them do you guys are you guys familiar with roasts and they were kind of like no <laughs> so i realized i'm like grinding to roast these three guys who don't know what a roast is and i've never done a roast so oh, this is so fantastic i could just i can picture one of the bosses going to his teenage son and just like hey what's what's something cool we could do for the christmas party and the son goes well i've seen these roasts in america they're fantastic you should do that <laughs> and then these poor guys are just weeping yeah and of course they're like the one guy the sales guy is like hit us as hard as you can hit us hard hit us very hard <laughs> and, and 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 then they were like of course but no gender race politics sexuality yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> and um so i grinded on these jokes i figured out how to do a slideshow with their embarrassing photos up next to me and wow wow it was just i couldn't believe it i pulled it off chad i had their photos up in these slides and I really gave it to him. I really, I was shocked at how hard I was able to give it to him. Uh, you know, n you know, Vincent in one of his shirtless pics, I said, you know, he has the confidence of a male stripper and the body weight of a female stripper. I was really going at him and the company was dying. They were laughing. I, I said, uh, Nando looked like Hansel from Hansel and Gretel and should live in a gingerbread house. It was really right in the company. The company was loving it, but it was the best Zoom show I've done, Chad, and they were dying laughing, and I got done, and I made it really personal to them, too, because, like, Nando had recently had a breakup, so I gave him a lot of guff about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're giving guff during this roast. <laughs> and really killed it, and every single Zoom corporate I've done, the, 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 uh, no matter how bad it goes, the coordinator sent this really polite email of like, thank you so much. We loved it. And I did this roast by far my best show. Didn't hear a peep from them afterwards. <laughs> After researching them so hard, uh, I think I really did hurt their feelings. Well, just so you know, in the Netherlands, there's no word for thank you or goodbye. So maybe that's just the culture. Oh, is that true? No, I just made it up to make you feel better. <laughs> I have no idea about anything except they name their children Nando. Yeah, I mean it was a human resources company. They they probably they probably were I don't know what they were hoping. They I think what they think is when they say roast, I think they picture comedians who like sometimes make fun of the guy in the front row for a little bit. Sure. I yeah. think that's what they're picturing. I think they weren't picturing me to do an in-depth um analysis of their personal lives. Yeah, I just can't even imagine a human resources anything 
wanting any sort of scandalous material where it's just I just picture a hundred people looking at each other and calling each other outside of the Zoom room and just going, yeah, we definitely would have fired him for this. This is right. The one guy, uh, Alex, was a ball ballet dancer and he was actually openly gay. He had a gay partner, but I wasn't allowed to mention that. So I just said, I just posted a photo of him um, doing ballet and I said, you know, everybody says to dance like no one's watching, but Alex dances as though no one wants to. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know I had it in me, Chad. I did not know I had it in me. I have no, I never I never give anybody guff. I know. I just love this. Is, they're all very funny jokes and uh, not even nearly as mean as you could have been. But it's still the most mean I've ever heard you. I know. I think I kind of want to do more roast just because it's fun to fun to be mean to strangers. <laughs> oh, man, that, I have made a life out of it, except not getting paid at corporates. I just go to gas stations to get pizza and start shit. Yeah. So it is uh, that oh, that's fantastic. You've done so many Zoom shows. I mean, I haven't. We did a live podcast, um, oh. which, you know, thanks everyone that came to that. That was so much fun. These guys, they made a drinking game for us because I sing on the podcast, obviously too much. And Cy uses a Southern accent too much. Mm. We do a lot of things too much because they were all on the list of drinks. Nice. And then halfway through the podcast, you could see people in the message in the chat room. And they were saying, like, I have to be done drinking. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> These guys won't shut up. They won't stop singing and won't stop sounding like a Southerner. That show, actually, no joke, that show got back to me that night. That's how much that show rocked the nation. Um, my buddy, <laughs> my buddy Ryan Kailborn lives in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and he was texting me about your show. He's a big fan of your pod, and, and uh, he said there were, like, 700 or 800 people in the audience yeah it was uh it was fun i mean the, the people that listen to this show are uh very supportive and uh and we clearly appreciate them but we don't need to talk about them because guess who's back hey everybody it's uh moose in the morning that was britney steers it's britney spears oops i did it again oh god remember those outfits i do i <laughs> could could have gone to jail anyway joe z's still back with us in studio we uh so uh tell us your mom had a life insurance policy i'm just guessing but if you have any stories let her rip joe <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you, Moose. Thank you, Moose. That, that was perfect. I, uh, my mom, uh, you know, the pandemic's been hard on all of us in different ways. My mother shifted her focus to a back patio. That's been her pandemic thing. <laughs> Basically yep. I'm an only child, so she's pretty much focused on me and her patio. And well, that's nice. It started off with her budget was zero dollars and I was going to dig a hole in the backyard and put down rocks. And okay. then her budget shot to nine grand with this contractor. And she called me and she said, uh, Hey, so I'm really, really want to do this patio. Really like this contractor. Would you mind if I sold my life insurance? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, what is sure i mean what does that even mean i don't even know what that means why are you asking me like would i have to pay for something <laughs> she's like well no i you know i'm not gonna be 
buried, so no. I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to be buried? <laughs> She's like, well, I'm going to be, you know, I'll just be in an urn and you can put me in your apartment. Or I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she really like, wants this back patio. <laughs> She's like, well, you, you don't have to keep me in your apartment. You can put me outside. I'm Whatever you want to do with my ashes. And finally... I was like, Mom, I don't, I don't know. Like, let me look into life insurance. That seems like a lot to get a patio. And the next day, I'm like, I'll do the right thing. I, I wrote her. I said, Mom, you know what? Patio's going to make you happy. Sell that life insurance. Get that patio. I'll pay for whatever earned stuff you need. It's on me. And uh, <laughs> I just roasted three bosses in the Netherlands. I got earned money coming out my ears, Madre. And she called me five minutes later and she goes so it turns out i uh don't have life insurance <laughs> where did she think it was coming from i don't know i don't know she i think that's how much she wanted a patio she was trying to think of places she could get money from that don't even exist and she wonders she wonders why i'm slow to call her back these are the kind of emotional grenades that just pop up involving death and funerals money what if she what if she's getting these life insurance letters asking her to sign up for life insurance and she's just like well i'll be i have life insurance i'm gonna sell this for a patio i think yeah i don't know i have no idea oh my god that's so funny that you went through yeah all of this conversation about life insurance, that has to be emotional when your mom's talking about what's going to happen when she's gone. Right. It's the emotional roller coaster. You're just, yeah. you're just having your day. It's two o'clock and you get that phone call. It sets <laughs> you back. It sets you back a few hours. I have to tell you about an emotional roller coaster that we went through at this house. So Olivia is 16 now. She'll be 17 in February. And um, we, we've been having some issues, right? I've been when we go to doctor's appointments or she just had an MRI for her knee, she's looking at getting braces. So when we go to these appointments, she goes, hey, can you go and sign me in? And I go, no. You know, it's like this, this popular thing with youth today is that they can do 53 TikTok dances in a grocery store in like the frozen food section in public but they cannot go up and say their name and what time their appointment is. It's insanity. And so I was having kind of a tough time with that that day. And then she's asking me what leash to use to bring the dog for a walk. And I was just like, pick a leash. No one cares. Like I lost it. I was like, make a decision. You're 16. I'm not going to be here forever. I've been drinking eggnog. I can't imagine my cholesterol is great. I don't even have life insurance. I don't have a back patio. I don't know what I'm going to do. So finally she goes out and we leave, we leave it in some anger, right? And I never like that. So about two blocks from my house, there's an outdoor hockey rink that we use to run our dog, Poe. And because it's, in, it's enclosed, we bring him in and let him run around and chase a ball, whatever. And so I, I get bundled up and it's really cold that night. So I have on a tr like a wool, a fuzzy trapper's hat with like animal fur, rabbit fur. And I put on my big parka and my big boots and I walk down to the rink and I notice nobody's there. And so I see, I see like what looks to be Olivia and our dog <clears throat> probably, <laughs> you know, 50 yards past the hockey rink. So I walk down, I look in the rink and they've just started to flood the rink. That's why she can't go in there because 
they have the first layer of ice on the ground. And so she's walking. So I start to walk towards her, and then she starts running our dog away from me. And so I start walking towards her again, and she starts running the dog again. Now she's up this hill. And I start walking towards her to go up the hill to meet her, and she sprints again. So now I'm thinking like, well, I need to sprint to, to cut her off. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sprinting, and she stops, and she just goes, hello? And I said, hello. And she just goes, hello? And I said, yeah. And she goes, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, I'm your dad. And she started bawling and ran down the hill. She was so scared that she was this guy was trying to abduct her and she was already having a rough day with getting yelled at and left in anger you know and i went to like calm everything down that's why i went to to talk to her because i don't like leaving it like that and she's bawling and comes and gives me a hug and i was like oh my god that is crazy so number one i learned two things number one i need to identify myself from a distance instead of chasing my 16 year old daughter with a furry trapper hat we know, yeah we now we know exactly what you look like when you're out in the wild yeah and number two i know that my daughter runs towards anyone that says i'm your dad <laughs> she would be so easy to take because she still hadn't identified me i just go i'm your dad and she ran down the hill That'd be the easiest thing. I'm your dad. Get in the van. Okay. Should I bring my dog? I mean, yeah, it was, that was an emotional roller coaster day. Then we came back to the house, had some hot chocolate, really talked out our stuff. She yelled at me. Then she apologized for yelling at me, which is kind of how it works. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, you brought up emotional roller coasters. And I thought, you got to hear this, this Cleveland rink story. That's a beautiful relationship. It's a complex relationship, the father daughter. Yeah, it is. You know, it's like it's the daddy's little princess thing. But sometimes you got to put little princess up in the tower for 48 hours, let her grow her hair out. The the TikTok thing is yeah, crazy because at that age, apparently a lot of uh, teenagers now are saying they want to grow up and become influencers. Uh, yes. Which is so scary. And I think I have a theory about influencers um, and I think it's time to call them what they actually are, which is just hot hot people i think we should just call them hot people <laughs> and stop calling them influencers and stop and i think we need to send out a message to stop if you if you follow an influencer stop and they have like twenty thousand likes don't add another like to it okay this is just my psa okay throw mm -hmm. that like to your friend dan who has 10 likes throw him a like we need to redistribute the likes you know there's one percent getting all the likes and I, you know, I just, I'm ready to be the Robin Hood of social media. And, and I don't know, buddy. It sounds like some TikTok socialism to me. I don't know if I need to be spread. Listen, if, if the hot girl wants my like, she gets my like. I don't know what Dan's been doing to earn my like. Dan wants to get more likes. He needs to be hotter. Everybody knows that. See, here's what I'm saying, um, Southern Chad, is... <laughs> You can stare, you can still stare at, at this woman doing the bikini dance. You can still watch her video. You can even flag it for yourself later, but just, just don't add the like. It's, it's that easy. 
Yeah, I think I think watching it and not giving it the credit of the like is the equivalent of real life looking in a window. (laughs) I think you may as well watch that TikTok on your phone, but still hide in a bush because you're such a creep. (laughs) And it's crazy. It's crazy how many guys have gotten in trouble for liking a hot girl's video. And yet we still do it. Yeah, and it's what what I've noticed. What's really funny to me is when someone will get in trouble for liking <clears throat> a hot person's video that is just on the top of their feed. But there are some guy, and I'm going to say guys here, that will dig deep, right? Like if that hot girl gets a like from May of 2015. You're such a creepy dude because you went through every single video. That is, uh, yeah, that's creep status. That's a fun way. That's a fun way to say hi to an old friend is go back to a photo from 2010 and and write a comment. (laughs) Just like, I miss this version of you. Yes. So then they have to think of like, what have I been doing wrong for 10 years? Because then they have to deal with the memory of that photo and also try to figure out why you commented on it. Especially if it's like a, a photo during a breakup and you just comment, I remember when you needed me. Yes. And that, that'll send them right to therapy. I have a, a quick therapy update, Chad. I, I was okay. trying to feel better a few months ago. It's, you know, times have been tough, right? I get it. Um, and I decided I can't just pick a therapist. Like, that's a big commitment. I don't sure. know how you pick a therapist. So I started testing out different therapists and at one point one week i briefly had six therapists i was dating around (laughs) it was like going on tinder for therapists and i found myself just bogged down with these therapy sessions it was it was overwhelming honestly there's a lot a lot of a lot of people telling me different different ways of telling me to be more present and asking me about my mom and dad. <laughs> I love that you somehow managed to make therapy stressful. Yeah, you, now I just need another one. It's like chasing the dragon with heroin. You start with one therapist and you just keep adding more until you get to six for the whole week. And then it felt like it actually felt like online dating because you have to like you have to like tell them you're not interested in hanging out again. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big therapy guy. Yeah. People that listen know that. I think I think going to therapy, you know, there's this stigma where if you're a man and you go to therapy, you're weak and blah, blah, blah. Don't care. Couldn't I, I could uh, not disagree more with that statement. <clears throat> so I go, I check in with a the therapist now and again, and there are times where he'll get me talking. And I've had a couple therapists that uh, people that listen and started from the beginning of the show know that I had a couple real lunatic therapists. But um, that's key. Yeah, yeah, this guy, he'll get me talking about something and then he'll look at the underlying statements that I'm making. So I think I'm just filling him in on some, uh, giving him an answer. And I'm in, in my head, I'm trying to play chess and I'm like, all right, well, this, this won't set off any alarms, I hope. And then underneath, he just goes, well, you know what that reminds me of? Who in your life was a uh, narcissist? that you don't want to be like. And I'm just like, oh my God, how do you keep, it's like a magic show. Just like, what the fuck, man? How do you keep doing this? Yeah. It's crazy. It's amazing. And for those people that uh, think 
that people who go to therapy are weak. Um, I just want to clarify that I, that I am in fact weak, um, <laughs> which is why I go, but Chad, but also tough people go like Chad. Well, I'm not tough. I just love it. I think yeah. it's so mentally refreshing. Oh yeah. We could, Oh no. Guess who's back. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. That was Christina Aguilera, genie in a bottle. Hey, Christina, love the midriff. It's the moose in the morning drive time. We got Joe Z kicking it with us still here in the studio. Hey, uh, Joe, we've had a pandemic here. And uh, any hobbies that you've been uh, working on during the pandemic? Oh, that's funny. Funny you should ask. Um, I do feel like... uh Chad, I do feel like men around my age, my friends, a lot of my friends, part of the reason I invited a group of friends to play poker is that I found myself being like, I need a a hobby. And I've had friends texting <laughs> me like, do you guys have any hobbies? <laughs> what do you guys do for fun? <laughs> like, like guys that start to get over the age of 35 have just like lost track of fun right <laughs> and they don't have as much work to go to so they're like what what do you do with this time <laughs> uh-huh yes and uh so i was trying to think out what to do with time and uh, i started off um i started off birds I, I was like birds i noticed a bird the other day and uh which you know that's not a good sign for aging when you start to identify birds but uh <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I was like, that's a, I think that's a whippoorwill. And it felt good. Shut up. <laughs> you did not know what a whippoorwill is. It felt good, Chad. I, I identified <laughs> it. I'm like, what am I doing with this bird book? Where'd that come from? And, uh, and so, and it reminded me, I actually met a professional bird watcher and, uh, he was telling me that there's a lot of egos in bird watching. Yeah. And I was like, uh, are we still talking about bird birds? And uh, <laughs> he said that guys want to brag about how many birds they've seen. And so that so this is perfect. This is a perfect activity for me. And because uh, I'm competitive and I like birds. <laughs> Man, dude, guys love giving numbers of anything. <laughs> yes. Don't we? Just like you're not going to believe this. And so I asked him how they ver how do you verify if you've seen a bird if for the, all these guys that are bragging about it and this is the best part about arrogant bird watchers Chad is um the way they verify they've seen a bird is they just say that they did <laughs> <laughs> so it's an honor code um uh, sounds like my golf league what'd you get <laughs> uh par did you because you you hit three trees I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if I ever see an arrogant bird or if you ever see an arrogant bird, you can just tell them you've seen every bird, you know, prove I haven't. If I'm ever near an arrogant birder, I'm going to call my therapist with an emergency session because <laughs> I wandered into the wrong place. But I actually so I actually during the pandemic, I learned that the ramble in Central Park is one of the top birding spots in the entire world. I had no idea because the really? birds. As they migrate, they all focus on Central Park as kind of like their Airbnb for coming through New York. So oh, I was going, to, I was going to the Ramble a lot um, in the spring, and I told, uh, I mentioned it to Todd Barry, name drop, and he Boom. said, uh, he said, uh, isn't the Ramble a gay meetup spot? And I said, no, it's a bird watching spot. And he said, no, I know, but it's also a gay meetup spot, and that suddenly explained all of the friendly men who were hanging out in the ramble. I thought everybody, 
all these people were into birds and I had been just like hanging out with all these guys in the evening in this really dark wooded area. And, uh, and it was weird because I realized, I realized I was the only one there with binoculars and I thought, Oh, it's a good thing I brought binoculars because, and it's weird to think binoculars would be the thing that shows that I'm attracted to women, you know? <laughs> and I realized like, it makes sense. Cause if you, if you don't want people to know you're out in the open, then you can just say you're bird watching. And if you're embarrassed about bird watching, you can just say you're gay. <laughs> so it's perfect. That's so funny. <laughs> Some guy comes up and he goes, I've seen 27 birds tonight. How about you? And you're just like, uh, 13, but I'm not here for that. You just have to dial it down because he's dominating you number wise. <laughs> and then the other one I'm trying to get into is I, I, I'm all alone in my apartment, Chad. So I was trying to um, get some plants. Okay. Add a little life. And um, yep. I went to Brooklyn Greenery Unlimited to get okay. a plant online delivered. And they, uh, they were out of the one I wanted. They were out of ficuses. So I got on a wait list for a ficus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is, this is like, <laughs> I'm hearing those two stories in a row and I'm just like, has the pandemic been longer in New York? It's it's been really bad. And I thought that was my low point was getting on a wait list. Turns out my low point was three weeks later being on hold, calling the plant place, trying to find out how much later I'd be waiting for this plant. <laughs> You're holding for a wait list. That's tough. That was rough. Uh, you know, is it a seed? Oh. Is it stems? And uh, yeah, so that was that was rough. I uh, I ultimately got but. Ultimately, got the ficus, um, but uh, I was trying to support local, Chad. I, you know, the truth is, I could have got ten ficuses off Amazon, next day delivery, half price. <laughs> I was trying to support lo local, you know. Well, that's nice of you to do that. I mean, we, I try to support local here, but local where I live, they're never out of anything because there's only a couple people. So all, all you have to do is like, hey, can you break that ficus in half? We'll each plant part of it. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. You have the, I guess maybe you have the opposite problem because there's probably not a lot of food. Like, is there, there's probably not a lot of deliveries to your house. Uh, I think Domino's Pizza, when it comes to delivery, I think that's it. I mean, you can go get stuff until approximately 8 p.m. <laughs> jealous much. Uh, the, fa the fact that there is a, an obesity problem in the Midwest when all the restaurants close at 8 is fascinating to me. So, you know, in New York City, restaurants closed. There was a curfew. Basically, you've been living in the pandemic this whole time. Yeah, there's just, no doubt about it. We that. just had to get, we just, the rest of the country had to get used to what it's like to live in Fergus Falls for six months. A lot of, a lot of people think China started the, the pandemic when it was really uh, just a small group of us here in Minnesota. We were like, hey, listen, it's cold. Bats move into our house. Let's eat a couple. Watch New York City burn. What a sinful city that it is. And I know that's Las Vegas, but. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to do Moose in the Morning again. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Moose in the Morning. It's a, I hope you become Moose in the Morning. I hope you're like, uh, because, I, hope, I hope you're like Larry the Cable Guy 10 years from now. You're just Moose in the Morning. You've sort of, you just have to play Moose in the Morning now all the time. Yeah, yeah. they just, they call for it. It's like the violent femmes blister in the sun. 
I saw those guys almost get murdered in Milwaukee because they didn't play Blister in the Sun. And people, like, made a circle around the backstage area. And so they had to come back out and play it. They weren't going to play it. <laughs> what, if, what if Moose in the Morning is my Blister in the Sun where I'm just like, Hey, everybody, Moose in the Morning here. That was uh, Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars. You know it. Hey, it's uh, great to have you. Time to get up, everybody. Rise and grind. Am I right? Hey, we still got Joe Z in the hot seat. He's in the hot seat. And we got him for uh, just a couple more minutes. But wanted wanted to know, uh, I get this feeling, Joe, that you've stopped watching the NFL. Tell me about that. (laughs) I hope that you'll do one more thing, too, where you do the radio trick where you're like, do you have enough time to stick around after the break, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, we've had so much fun with Joe Z here in the hot seat. You know, we normally don't do this, but hey, if you have a couple extra minutes, we'd love to get uh, you for one more break. Is that possible? <laughs> and then you have to be like, you have to like, well, I, I do need to be somewhere. I guess, I mean, it is 7 a.m. I do need to. <laughs> I guess I'll stay, Moose. <laughs> I know. I just want to be like, you know my fucking schedule. You have it. You know, ex- you asked me before where I'm going next. Just scream at them and ruin the behind the curtains nonsense. So um, I, I've i tried to follow the NFL f- for years because I, I lived in Cleveland until I was five years old. Okay. And. I rooted for Cleveland teams when they were good till I was about nine. Sure. And then Cleveland Browns have been bad for about 30 years now. Yeah, it's a great reason to stop watching the NFL as being a Browns fan. And I, yeah, it's, I've tried to stick with them. I've tried, I've, I've, I haven't been a fair weather fan. I've tried to stick with them. And then I read that um, sports fans, it's kind of like tribalism where it, when your team wins, you, uh, you actually, uh, it actually raises your own self-esteem to the point where they found uh, people with losing teams were getting uh, severe drops in testosterone. Wow. So I had to stop rooting for the Browns because they made me less of a man. That's how bad the Browns <laughs> have been. <laughs> that's when you know, that's when you know your team's bad when you're like, I'm sorry, honey, I'm just not in the mood f- for sex. I, I, we lost again. My testosterone has really plummeted. I I have brought this up a million times on the show just because I like really pounding this point in. But ER visits for spousal abuse go up in Wisconsin 300% after a Packer loss. Are you serious? Yeah. I always tweet out when the Vikings beat the Packers, ladies, cover your faces. Oh, my. Because, and I'm not trying, I mean, it's, just think about that for a second. That is how much people love that sport and that team where they just will not listen to anything anyone has to say when they lose so now imagine the packers are losing forever right we have spousal abuse er visits going up and testosterone is dropping that's a perfect matchup because who is going to who's going to come out of that worse i don't know i think i think a lot of um a lot of people who aren't living their dreams um, have sort of displaced their dreams onto their sports team, you know, because you're like, we used to play football. Remember when we used to play when we were kids? Yep. Remember that? Hey, maybe we could get together and watch other men play. That sounds nice. (laughs) Since we can't play anymore, we could watch other men play and we could 
I don't know. We could drink. <laughs> drink alcohol and we could buy jerseys with other people's names on the back because we didn't make it far enough to have ours on there. I think that's why, honestly, I think that's why so many, a lot of people have been struggling, you know, with uh, a lot of comics I know have been struggling because, you know, the dream has been temporarily removed. And people are like, what do we do with our desires? You know, sports were dead for a while. It's like we people didn't. Yeah. So it's like people looking for what to do with their identities for a while. Oh, yeah. Because you get I mean, we've talked about this, too, where it's like I was a dad. I was a comedian. I was some other things. But when I focus on, you know, two big things, it's that. And you get half of your identity taken away where it's like, uh, you know, you try to get a crowd for 20 years. And then as soon as you do, they're like, I was just kidding. Crowds are illegal. Have fun, though. Good luck. You wasted 20 years. It's awesome. Now what we're going to do is we're going to tempt <laughs> you. We're going to tempt you with pe- parents in your small town making Facebook posts about how high school kids need to play sports. Yeah, that's right. Let's keep the pandemic going through high school sports so I can never fucking go back to work. Awesome. I can't wait. Oh, man. I hope this sophomore gets a, gets a $500 scholarship to a college. That would be neat. Yeah, that yeah, that was see see that was rough. That was that, see the pandemic was good timing for me because I was like, well, thank God I haven't got a following built up like Chad. This is nice. Oh no, that's that's the best part <laughs> is I was working, I was working, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's what you were trying to do? Crowds, no more. <laughs> Everything rough. you've been yeah. trying to do, we were yeah. just kidding the whole time. I know it's, but I'll tell you what, I think there has been some fantastic silver lining through all of this where I don't know how many people spent a smaller Christmas or a smaller, a smaller, whatever holiday you celebrate a smaller gathering. And then you realize like, Oh, instead of everyone running around and 50 people screaming, it's like, I'm getting this quality time. And even though it's with the same people I have time with normally, there's a different energy Mm -hmm. because it's the holidays. And uh, you know, it, it broke my heart to tell my, my mom and sister, like, Hey, we're postponing Christmas. We're, we're, we're not doing that. And I had, you know, kids and, and it was, God, it was just so, it was so nice to have them and just have a different energy and, uh, and, and have them here for that. And, and I wonder how many people are going to go forward thinking about a smaller gathering for holidays now, and maybe just, you know, when you can, in the summer, when you can have people out to a lake, or a giant picnic in a park, have the fam- family gatherings then instead of, you know, in the in winter when it's 21 below zero like it was here and everyone would have to be huddled up for warmth and breathing COVID into each other. So who knows? I mean, I don't know where we're going to go, but it's uh, it's been an interesting time. But I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad you're doing Zoom shows and, and getting through it and having hobbies. Yeah, for Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving, I stayed home and Zoomed different family members and everybody's like oh this this kind of works <laughs> yeah you know i i couldn't believe how great i felt i mean i have friends where i live right but there are there there's a different connection with comedians i think mm-hmm. because in a very this is going to sound horrible but in a very tiny tiny microcosm kind of way it's like you're in um you know, it's it's like you're in the foxhole together. It's like, you know, you're just you're kind of band of brothers in a very, very different way, obviously. But yeah, but you make connections and 
and you're out on the road together and sometimes it's two of you, sometimes it's three of you and it's, it feels like it's you against the world. And um, so you make those connections. So to have, to have uh, a, a poker night and just to chit chat for as, it was a couple hours. I yeah. mean, I left that thing on top of the world. So I'm, gl <laughs> I'm glad you did it. And I encourage anyone listening <clears throat> to do a Zoom show, do like a Zoom happy hour. If you don't drink, do a Zoom poker. If you don't gamble, just do something. Connect. It it, it will make you feel better. I I believe. Yeah, the Zoom the Zoom poker uh, saved me early on, very early on in the pandemic. My buddy, my one of my college buddies was going through a divorce, and we were like, we better we better Zoom Russ, the four of us, and talk to him. Sure. And uh, and then the last minute. <laughs> I was like, I knew this conversation would last about 10 minutes if we just all zoomed. <laughs> so at the last minute, I was like, uh, can we just can we also play poker? <laughs> nice. And, and we were and Pete was like, I guess. And he he figured out how to pull up a poker game. And then we and then instead of hanging out for 10 minutes talking about a divorce, we hung out for like four hours having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can talk about the divorce oh, when yeah. it's shuffling when you're shuffling you know i mean yes. that's the perfect it's the perfect in and out it's the perfect in and out to to talk about it and still have fun absolutely right well uh i'm gonna give it to you one more time if you don't mind hey everybody uh moose in the morning here that was that was share a uh, little throwback uh we got joe z's been in the hot seat all morning he stayed an extra break i know you gotta go joe but uh just wanted to say i give you two that was uh i never give two it's only one but man oh man that was fantastic thanks for stopping in joe hey yeah like i said joe's got two albums smiling <laughs> at wolves i'll tell you uh, the moose would never smile at a wolf they are my <laughs> natural prey and uh uh, another album, Innocence. I'd check out both of them. We had a lot of fun with uh, Josie in the hot seat. And uh, <laughs> I got to go. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.